Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just let you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise at Biko. It's basically the podcast with all things pop culture related. I'm your host, the Franchise, and of course, joining me is my brother from the same mother, Biko. Hi, guys. Um, it's they, Monday. It, yeah, it's a Monday, and you know, me and Biko, before we start recording, we were thinking about, oh man, what are we going to talk about, man? I, it's like so much shit right now going on, you know. My stuff at work, I was working at a different shift, so I'm like, my head's all kind of like, right now, so it's like, I'm trying to think, oh, man, what am I going to talk about, and then talking to Biko, <laughs> I was asking Biko, like, hey, what do you want to talk about for today's episode? Mm. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know you got shit going on at work, too, so it's like... <laughs> no, um, I was trying to keep up with the news on anything, really. Uh, I was actually... I came up to a thought yesterday, um, not to make this a sports-centered section, but it's pop culture. Oh, yeah. Sports. Um, I was thinking how, like, people are now excited, well, big sports heads are excited on how it, the three mains are are back and going on, as far as three main sports in America being, uh, I want to say, football, basketball, and hockey as of late. Baseball finished um, their World Series, which... Uh, I found out maybe like a, five days later that the Astros lost Super, the Super Bowl, the World Series. <laughs> um, and it sucks because I always have a, a small place of Houston in my heart. And I always like, I don't give really give a fuck about baseball. Um, I'm just kind of like root for, as far as Chicago wins, I go for them. Um, socks if it comes down to it, but I don't really care for it. I still don't get baseball. I don't know why it's crazy here, but it is what it is. 
Uh, and our Washington Nationals won the World Series. Super Bowl. Yeah, the they World won Series. the Super Bowl. They won and the World big Series. shout out to David Martinez because he was the Cubs bench coach. He was part of Joe Madden's staff when they won the World Series in 2016. So it's cool to see like a former manager, a former uh, coach that worked for the Cubs for years. You know, had his time to shine. And, of course, Bryce Harper, who was one of the main stars for the Nationals, is probably kicking himself now for leaving them to Philly, saying that big deal. He's probably kicking himself now that, oh, great, my old team won the World Series. And what's cool about WWE, I don't know people don't realize, you know, I know Biko's not a big fan of the professional wrestling now. He was back then. But it's kind of cool how mostly sports teams are excited because WWE, what they do is to get their brand out there. They'll, get, they'll make customized championship belts to, like, winners of major competitions. So they made one for the Nationals. They, what's cool about the belts is they have customized plates. So they make they will have a company make customized plates with the, you know, what they want as a form of congratulations, which is kind of cool. They said it's the Nationals. So when the Nationals had their parade, uh, Matt Scherzer, who's a great starting pitcher, or don't just even know I'm a Cup fan, but he is a really good pitcher. Um, he was parading the belt around. Stutters on Reddit and stuff on the Square Circle Red. They were trying to pitcher measures so celebrating with the belt. I'm like, that's kind of cool. It only does that for any sports team or any. Basically, sports teams in general, they do this like form like, I mean, yeah, you can get that trophy, that's uh, cool, Super Bowl, but getting a championship belt from a company, from a promotion, from a different company, you know, they're supporting you, that's kind of funny. That's kind of cool. And, you know, since we're on the topic of sports entertainment right now, and I just wanted to shout out, like, um, even though I love WWE, I've been following AEW right now. Um, I know there's been something going on with the whole Saudi Arabia thing right now, because apparently um, if I don't watch... The events, ever since WWE signed that 10-year deal with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to bring in, like, events every, two events every year. Um, don't get me wrong, though, Saudi Arabia is, you know, slowly progressing. But there are some laws that they do, they do, um, they do kind of restrict women on certain things. I know they're slowly trying to give them rights little by little. It's slowly changing. You know, the Crown Prince is trying to change some things up. But, of course, he's being hounded by, like, all the old regime and stuff. All the people that stuck in their old traditions. Um... The funny thing was, um, they did the last fan crown jewel, so they had Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman, they had Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez. Of course, people were upset with the Cain Velasquez fight, but apparently even backstage, you know, Cain Velasquez signed a three-year deal with WWE to perform, but the problem is he was nursing a knee injury. So they had to do like a squash match almost with Brock Lesnar. They did almost a UFC style, you know, with submissions and stuff, like takedowns and all that stuff, since they both fight at ACJ UFC. So it was called like Brock Lesnar got somewhat of revenge on Cain Velasquez, but gave Velasquez time to go and get his knee surgery and get fixed up. And paperwork, uh, actually, there's a lot of positive notes for Tyson Fury and you know, all wrestling because, you know, he's a big boxer, you know, he's the Gypsy King, and apparently there were some positive reviews for that fight. And, of course, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, ended up taking out Seth Rollins, so they ended up putting the belt on him. And now, um, of course, that with the event over and everything, and they did have the first women's match in Saudi Arabia, professional wrestling match. But, of course, all uh, the two female performers had to wear, like, bodysuits and wear, like, bulk T-shirts because, you know, women are still, you know, kind of somewhat oppressed over there in that country. But it was cool seeing that they allowed the female superstars to perform a match in Saudi Arabia. That's kind of, that was kind of groundbreaking. And then, of course, the big story from that was, you know, they had, to, they had to fly back. It was on a Thursday on Halloween, so they had to fly back and do SmackDown on Fox. Problem was, okay, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman and Hogan and all that got flew in their, their airplane. They, they flew, Vince somewhat flew. But the problem is the rest of the roster... Apparently, their flame was delayed due to mechanical issues, but there's been, like, you know, a lot of inside stories saying, you know, I mean, there's been multiple reports saying it, it was probably a, between a money dispute between the Kingdom of Saudi and Vince McMahon because they didn't get their payment from the last event they did, and that's why they had to put on a one-hour delay, live feed in Saudi Arabia. 
everything like that because the wrestlers were on Twitter saying they were trying to pull money to charge their own flight out. So none of them didn't get home till like late Friday night. So what happened was, um, they still had to do SmackDown in Buffalo, New York. At least some superstars that didn't fly out to Saudi due to political reasons or they didn't want to go were there. But I mean, what's cool about it is. Vince was there, but um, Triple H did what he did, stepped up, and he and Shawn Michaels ended up calling, since they run NXT, which is out in Florida, um, they ended up um, calling a lot of their um, wrestlers up, the, they actually charged them up to fly to New York, and they did, since they announced that Survivor Series this year, they're going to do Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, so three brands going to go at it, which is kind of cool. So they decided to do a whole invasion angle, basically to save SmackDown and save the ratings-wise, and apparently... Ever since they moved to Fox, that was the highest rated episode. And I saw the clips of it. The way the writing was, it was great. You know, doing the whole invasion angle with NXT superstars against, you know, SmackDown. So we'll see what happens on Monday, today, on Monday, um, if they're going to keep the angle going because that's the whole gist of it. Those three brands are going to go at it for Survivor Series, like for brand supremacy. Since now NXT's, if, at first it was like a developmental brand, you know, developed like wrestlers that came from the indies or their own homegrown wrestlers. But now that they went live for like two hours on USA and they're competing with AEW, it's like they're trying to treat it as its own brand, which I do like that. Because to me, NXT, it's like wrestling back in the day. It's like other people are getting pushed. They're being featured. Versus what Vince likes to push his certain people, at least with Triple H and Shawn Michaels, at least they try to give like opportunity to a lot of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got the Unstable Era, which is probably like, I will say, our versus of the NWO, but they're not as aggressive. But, um... Getting them, the getting the pushing out there, all got the goal, but giving them like time and then giving other wrestlers time to shine. That show is really great, and push the, push the choreography and the fluidity. The matches are really good in NXT versus the main rosters. Like I stopped watching Raw and SmackDown for a while because the writing was so terrible, and it was like they kept pushing the same wrestlers every day and day every week. It's like they don't give anybody else a chance, and the people that get called up from NXT, you know, they, like they get put on the shelf. It's like. And then I just read right now recently, Lance Storm. God, that's an old name for a while. I haven't heard for a long time. He's been, he signed on with WWE as a producer. So I think Troy's just slowly getting um, people he used to work with in the past to get his own crew together. I know they just hired Bruce Pritchard, the lead writer, recreated director for SmackDown. So we'll see how it goes. But I just wanted to bring that out there. Like to me, it was like, it was stupid for the fact that what Vince should have done was. Hey, your superstars over here in the U.S. They're stuck in Saudi Arabia. Why don't you stay with them? I know a lot of wrestlers now, based on you know what Dave Meltzer said and the reports saying, lots of wrestlers are saying they don't want to go back to Saudi Arabia now. After ever since that debacle, they felt that Vince, they see Vince as a leader, but I think they mostly lost all respect for Vince McMahon for leaving them stranded, basically. Mm-hmm. And basically, like last summer, saying that a leader should never leave their men behind. You know, never leave their troops behind. A good leader. Yeah, so a good leader doesn't leave his troops behind. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but we're talking about a, a capitalistic guy who still has. We his- we haven't, and like you mentioned, I don't watch stuff like this, so I'm not in the lore as I would say Fonz's or my uncle Sal. Shout out to Uncle Sal, um, but. I'll take it back. Growing down and growing up in the 90s, like wrestling was the mainstream thing. Like, we wouldn't see a rock. We wouldn't see a, a fucking. We wouldn't see The Rock go into movies. It wasn't for his. That crossover into the main 
culture, as mainstream pop culture in America. Um, we were, I mean, we were seeing that getting built up in the 80s, and as the 90s went through, once Vince McMahon saw that he needed to change shit, um, get the mail, young he, adult he made it super 90s, just like any other media entertainment brand was doing. They wanted to make it hip and cool because they had to reach out to the next generation of coming, i.e., I, I guess you'd throw us in as millennials, but I don't really don't get that whole structure when it comes to generations. So I'm just going to say the analog digital babies, because yeah. we both know how it was both ways, which I think uh, is another discussion. But nonetheless, um, we saw that dip down once a lot of these guys had to take their leave or went down to different ventures, such as Rock or Sanchez, uh, Stone Cold, the big players. Um them I mean, taking different roles in the company that they're in, plus them wanting to venture out and honestly boosting their personal business brands as far as stretching into different media stuff. Yeah. But um, Vince McMahon, as far as him doing his shit and taking advantage of people, and it that hasn't changed. Like, that's still... If anything, it's probably getting worse. It's just I mean, that it's now bleeding into... It's, it's not... It, now it's just not treading the lines like it used to be that he couldn't... Oh, this is a storyline angle that we can twist. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's get everybody to love the boss, to love to hate the boss. Now it's like everybody just generally doesn't it's like It's just creative is so bad. It's like now yeah, we got he's like... Just a, he's just like any boomer that we're dealing with. He he's doesn't realize... So, disen, do, do, so disengaged with how it was to deal with people with aspirations, how it was to create... To keep... A business that's been going for years now successfully and to try to pass on that some sort of like authoritative control over something that I get like if you have a business that's yours he's built he took it from his father all the jazz pass it on to your kids but he's still yeah. you'll see yeah like their competition breeds innovation and the people who don't decide to innovate due to the times of perspective and objective are gonna go on the wayside i.e. like netflix and blockbuster we it's right there so we're seeing well you're seeing this in full real time um me as a like observer now as you bring it up and you mentioned things it's i'm seeing the the same thing that should happen with wcw come up in the late 90s like we had we had both of them so like at least video game wise so i lived my life through those things but we're seeing the same thing come up with this AEW thing now to where it's going to be slow and steady wins the race. But I like for the, the fact that they're, they're fine. But I like about AEW is they're not, you know... They're doing everything that WWE does but does right. Or does wrong. Does, they're doing what's right by the, their talent and not doing them... Not doing them right in their face, but then once they actually execute their their business plan, then it's all like fuck this. I'm still Mr. McMahon running the show. Like he's still trying to be that stupid. I like a lot for like what it's all about AEW. Yeah, I'm gonna AEW fanboy. They're doing great. I mean Tony Khan, you know, letting Cody Rhodes and you know the Young Bucks and all them run a company, but bringing in like Jim Ross as a consultant. You know, bringing you know. Certain people in the business and behind the scenes, they do to help out, like Dean Malenko, all of them that, you know, help these young wrestlers. And I like for a fact, these are people that we've never seen before. You know, it's people that, you know, they worked hard. They worked, they, they you know, worked, like, did matches at banquet halls and, you know, conference facilities and convention centers. It's like, 
seeing these wrestlers, you know, like Cody Rhodes, like bringing like bringing the storyline up. What I like about the storyline is they try to make it more as realistic as they can, but at the same time, they're not gonna do it with WWE. And I kind of like how they do like little cheap shots at WWE. And I kind of like the fact they kind of try to mix it up every single week. And that's kind of cool. With AEW is they got that you know distribution deal with Hot Topic. Hot Topic being you know one of the biggest uh, hot pop pop culture um chains, retail chains, and have them sell their merchandise not on the on the AEW website but on Hot Topic. That's really big. And, of course, with the events, you know, they're doing it just once a week, you know. And then, but it's cool is they're letting their wrestlers compete in other promotions. So, not only they're contracted to AEW, but they also get to do other, you know, events. Like um, Kenny Omega, I mentioned. He ended up, like, So, doing, you actually are an actual contract. You're they're an actual, actual contract. And what's cool by AEW is... not an employee. Well, what's cool about it is they get health insurance. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was reading, too. Like, they're contracts. essentially, but they go and check in... And what the WWE has is they, they a don't have a health insurance and contract they're contract on paper, but employee when it comes to uh, their their company culture and what they actually let limit you within contract means. And they have the power because he'll just fucking rip it up. He's, you think this this guy's got money? So what's the one thing that people with money think are going to solve problems in the long run? Money. Mm-hmm. Money only takes you out short term, but it doesn't stop the actual problem at hand. So with AEW doing pulling out different stops, doing they're learned and it's what helps them even more tremendously is you're getting guys who went in through that system and they know exactly what they don't want to do, and then you have people who are they still were there young but they got that. creatively stifled basically. Right. They 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 were at that WWE level. They understand but- the process, they understand what they went through. And that that breeds leaders in a sense. Like that, I I'm not saying that you you don't have to know everything in your field to be a good manager or a good business person, but you hire people who do who bring that knowledge of some things you may not know, and you learn as you go. And with I think Vince McMahon, since he's been doing it for so long and going through decades of changes, as far as even with technology, he's got people working for him. And maybe around him, but they're not. I doubt they're anyone who, like, like you had mentioned before, they this guy hired some guy that wrestled back in the day as a producer. I'm not saying he, I'm not discrediting their information as far as putting stage plays because that's what they're doing. They're putting stage plays on. Let's be honest here. But I would I would hope the that putting on a, that you would have some sort of experience when it comes to putting on a stage play or acting like yeah that shit goes in hand so that helps him like these other guys that he's surrounding himself with like i'm pretty sure if this guy we'll say like hypothetically now that we're getting on this tangent if if triple h wasn't married to this guy's daughter or whatever the case would be if say his his daughter married some other guy do you honestly think that vince mcmahon would give the wheels to the company to a son-in-law who has nothing to do with wrestling versus a uh, person who actually went through the business right like triple h he went through which is still doing it but you know what i mean like right like you couldn't ask for a better person to give it to he was prolific as well that's okay and then now let's make it real the president of our country united states or whatever he his son-in-law jared kushner was already working for the white house then he becomes president. Don't you think that it gives him an advantage when it comes to negotiations as far as what he wants to do or whatever the deep state wants to do in between him? Isn't that, doesn't that give you an advantage? Yeah. So it works the same way with Vince. So now he's kind of like, 
It's, it, I'm sure Triple H is tugging on daddy's strings. He's going to nod his head and say yes. And then once Vince McMahon either fucking decides to retire or I croaks, that's when he's going to be is. like, all right, let's go. Now we can, we got to do something fast because we're going to lose people. Because you are going to get those blowhards who actually don't mind the if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. And that's where uh, AEW is going to come. And we'll probably see a little shakeup. If they're not, they're doing little quakes now, but like that shit's going to shift into them because people are tribal. So like, just like we are with sports teams, with shows, with any sort of intellectual property, let alone this, that's what we are. So once this guy weighs aside, the brand is going to take a hit because they'll be like, all right, well, who's going to take over? And we already kind of know who's going to take over his like that. What CM Punk said, his his two fucking numbskull kids and his fucking son. son like that. He he's not saying that because he's being fake. He's saying that because that's what they deal with. They deal with uh, a whole fucking family circle who runs the show. And when daddy doesn't like something, ma- the daughter's not going to like something. The son's not going to like something. And the son-in-law is going to do whatever the daughter is going to do because at the end of the day, that's her heirness. Like, yeah. he only has by she They can cut him off. Yeah, but like with Triple H, like, I mean, that's why I'm like, I tell him like, with Triple H, is like, you got NXT going on. Focus on your brand right now. You know, because I see Norris, like, even though he does help Vince in the grill position backstage, you know, when they go out and stuff, they're back there. You know, that's where Vince communicates to like the commentators and stuff mm-hmm. and the, the guys in the production truck. I think Triple H there, he's just, you know, keeping the seat warm because right now he's like, he's, oh, yeah. he's more focused on, he's more focused on NXT, which to me, he's done a great job ever. Like he had Dusty Rhodes, got rest his soul, great. Dusty Rhodes, I, listening to like Stone Cold and, you know, he had Mark Merrill in the last episode and Mark, this is like great. I do recommend the Sea of Austin show, dude. You got Beagle, you got to watch, listen to that because he talks to Mark Merrill and it was a guy, if you remember back in the day, Marvelous Mark Merrill. Um, he had a crazy life, and then he always, um, when he started, you know, he was boxing, but of course he had a little incident <laughs> when he was sparring, oh, and then um, he tried to go pro, you know, tried to go like, you know, but then when he started wrestling, you know, he always credited, like a lot of these guys credit Dusty Rhodes. A lot of them credited him because Dusty Rhodes knew how to book events back in the day, how to help guys with promoting them up and everything, and I think that's why Triple H always has a respect for Dusty Rhodes. A lot of wrestlers who like, Steve Austin, all of them had like a lot of uh, a lot of respect for Dusty Rose when it came to like booking and promotions. Dusty Rose was a performer himself, and of course when Dusty went to WWE, of course you know what they had him instead of being and wear polka dots and stuff. It's like come on, they were like not letting him use creatively, and um, like I said, that they do give credit to Dusty Rose, and when Dusty Rose was brought in on NXT to help develop it back in the day, when uh, back then NXT, if people don't remember back in the two thousands, it was more like a it was more like a reality competition as opposed to, to what it is now. It's own wrestling brand. I mean, when they, when they did the whole revival in 2012, 2013, they brought in Dusty Rose to help out. And it was good. Like a lot of the NXT superstars looked at Dusty Rose as like um, a mentor, a confidant, a father figure. Because, and then Dusty, and later on in his last interviews before he passed away, always called his NXT superstars his kids because he's, he helped them out, like, you know, developing their characters creative-wise and, you know, giving them tips and everything. And 
That's why Triple H tried to keep that same mentality going to NXT by bringing in like Shawn Michaels or Matt Bloom or having Scott Hall and Kevin Nash come by and give like like classes and stuff. And of course, you know, when like DDP, like even um, the last episode of Dynamite, they brought in Diamond Dallas Page and people were like, are oh, you working with AEW? He's like, no, I'm doing this a favor to Cody. I'm helping him out because his dad helped me out back in the day. And I want. I also want to, I'm not contractually obligated to help AEW or WWE. I'm just doing to help people. Because he he like he does he does help out at the performance center with his yoga DDP yoga. He usually tells superstars you know he gives them exercises to work on and stuff, to, for longevity wise. And to me is like things like that. Like I said, talking about this whole Saudi Arabia thing, it was like you know, I mean honestly to me that was like a kind of a bullshit. And I could see why a lot of wrestlers are either waiting for their contracts to expire to go to a different promotion. And that, it's like sports. You but I like about AEW. Like I've been reading a lot about <laughs> AEW. I've been wa- I've been experience. watching since it premiered on TNT last month and. All the stuff that they're doing behind the scenes is like the wrestlers have health care and stuff, and if they kind of concussion, you can't go on. They're like they won't let them perform, and um, if they get injured, they work a way to help them out and stuff. They better have them rest up instead, of, like force them out there to win their work with an injury. And I just find out for like Christmas, they're gonna give them two weeks off so they can spend time with their families, and they're just gonna show like a rerun show or like a highlight show, which is kind of cool. Versus WWE, they make their wrestlers work through the holidays, or they do tapings, but they'll give them like one or two days off, and they got to do a holiday show like a day after Christmas or something, which to me is ridiculous. Versus AW, they're giving these wrestlers two weeks off, so they don't have to perform until January 1st, which is actually kind of cool. But, I know, we started talking about wrestling, (laughs) that became like a little thing, but that's something I want to... Since you got into the whole sports thing, that's why I wanted to bring that up because I know that was a lot of thing that was buzzing over the weekend was that. And, of course, we just passed Halloween and freaking Halloween was cold as shit. Um, yeah, I didn't even do anything. I went to sleep. I, I, I got off I was, and I went to sleep. I was working a night shift, guys. That's why I'm like, today I'm barely going back to normal. I had to help out at work and it was it was cold that night. And it was like, but cool, it stopped snowing. And the kids were able to go trick or treating, but it was still cold. I mean, hopefully, yeah, they, hopefully, they, yeah, hopefully they got they were able to get candy and stuff. And I was seeing these things on Reddit and stuff. And um, there's this one video on this one subreddit about this kid. I guess um, I think with people having like these ring cameras and stuff now, it's like you know they're, if they're not gonna be home, they'll just do like they'll leave a sign with a bowl of candy saying here, please take one. And there was this cool this kid. I was like, honestly, I thought it was a great act. Um, he saw that the candy bowl was empty, so what he did was, and he saw another trick or coming up, and what he did was, he took some of his candy and put it in the bowl, so then that way the next person comes and grabs candy. Oh, nice kid. And there's ones that there's people that are taking advantage of that thing. Oh, God. And I was one of those kids. And they'll just grab as much as they can. There was one video of a parent, like, grabbing a bunch of candy, and like, like, come on. There's a reason why pe- we work, people, come on. It's like you're taking Okay, I understand you don't have money to buy candy for your kids. You don't have money to buy candy for your kids, but the the whole thing the whole thing about Halloween is for the kids. Honestly. Yeah, you might as well buy your candy in like July. You work, you have money for candy. Let the give this let this moment for the kids because you're showing them like basically you're being greedy as hell. That's what it is. You're showing your kids about greed. You know, the whole thing about Halloween was, like, have your care, parent. Like, yeah, you got to accompany your kids until they get older. They can walk by, they can walk with a group of friends and get candy. The whole thing is them, you know, you know, they, kids don't get paid. You know, that's just, this is kind of like their, you know, unless they do chores, yeah, you get an allowance. But this is, like, something they work to strive for. That's what they look forward to every year, every October. They first look forward to getting candy. Because you probably don't give them candy. But, I mean, honestly, it's like, don't take advantage of it. Mm. 
Because I saw videos of, you know, like that. Like, I saw, like, a lot of the Ring videos. People started putting up on subreddits and everything about it. Like, it was on the trashy Reddit, subreddit about that. I'm like, to me, and I give credit to the kid that did that for, you know, gave his own candy to make sure someone else got candy. That, to me, that was a good respect. That's somebody that's being taught right, you know, help others, you know? Yeah. I, I think, and especially for kids, um trick-or-treating during halloween here in the middle west and it's always so fucking cold but this year i think was probably one of the only years i've ever seen that it actually fucking snowed the most it gets is just super terribly cold that you have to put layers upon layers and your costume just looks ridiculous and you just look like you were wearing a tutu under a winter jacket but um i i i just want i think as we move on more and more halloween has been changing into a more indoor activity i think it's just a different when you're adults so like when you see as kids i think i can't help but to feel bad for them because i always liked going trick-or-treating it's like my favorite thing after going leaving school you drop your bag taking your costume if you didn't have one on already and you fucking go and break into the neighborhoods and start getting candy um but no halloween was pretty much spent sleeping my ass off i didn't even watch anything too scary i didn't do a shit i was kind of i do want to go see um i know that hopefully it's already on I do want to see the CM Punk one, the, the horror film he's working in, the one they filmed here in Chicago a year ago. Mm. Going to the third floor, I think it's available on demand right now on Amazon, so I just wow. want to see that. I'm not, I'm not much of a horror guy, but I've been hearing some good reviews about it. But it's more like a psychological type thriller, and of course, I'm seeing Punk, you know, he's smart when it comes to like, like he'll take on projects, but he's smart with it. I mean, there's been talks that he wants to go back to professional wrestling, but a lot of people are like, he's been on podcasts recently, and they ask him, and he's like, oh, and he's like, He's like, it's come time to be away from that environment and doing other things. Like, he tried MMA. He he wrote for comics. He wrote in comic books. Like, he wrote comics. People don't realize he helped contribute to the Drax series on Marvel. He did contributions to, like, a DC story. I forgot what DC story that he helped contribute to. But he's done other things. He's done MMA. He was able to do his UFC fix, which is a big fan of MMA. He does train in, um, in a... And Rufus Sports, that's in Milwaukee. He does keep training and stuff, and he does commentary for UFC right now for CFC fighting, cage fighting. And they ask him like, if you do, and he's starting to spark interest on wrestling again. But I know he's got very few friends in the industry right now. I think mean, he was really good friends with Kofi Kingston because they traveled the road together. He always calls Kofi like his road wife <laughs> because they were always like traveling together. So um, he was really happy when they Kofi won the belt at WrestleMania this year, and they finally pushed him. You know, and um, they said uh, it's going to take a very big bag. And, of course, people are speculating because tomorrow um, on FS1, they're going to premiere the, the Fox is premiering the WWE backstage show. And supposedly Renee Young's been teasing a big guest. And, of course, CM Punk was trolling on uh, Instagram with a, pic- with a picture of the microphone, the Fox Sports microphone. Because people don't realize Fox Sports is running that show. They're just using the WWE due to the, the deal they got with Fox or the WWE when it comes up for SmackDown and stuff. Um, it's good to see if he does make an appearance on there. As a like, honestly, people are saying that he should just go on as um, like he can help contribute to that show and be like a you know a commentator and stuff for Fox. But saying he'll be working for Fox, he'll be working for WWE. And then you know Triple H versus Man, they're saying Triple H is like you know the things are in the past now. They're open to the idea of him coming back, but it's like and CM Punk has been saying come back, but he says they gotta give him the right offer because he's not gonna call them. Mm. He's going to wait for them to reach out to him. 
But he says that that's, that was the old Phil. That was the guy, you know, that was toxic back then. But now things has changed. You know, past is the past. You know, people move on and stuff. Um, And so, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing if he does make an appearance tomorrow night on backstage. I'm actually going to watch the backstage show and see how it is. Um, But, like I said, um, it's like things like that. Like you said, that Brennan was seeing Punk did that promotional thing all those years ago with the pipe bomb. And they told him, hey, just shoot your shit. And a lot of things he did were coming out right, you know. It was all like the part-timers were getting pushed. And, you know, Dwayne Johnson always gets top billing. And it's anyway that I realized Chris Jericho, too. And the people were like, why did Chris Jericho go to AEW? And I just read what Chris Jericho said in the podcast. Um, he said that supposedly at the WrestleMania 33, what was in Orlando and stuff. And going before, you know, it was... They were building up the part between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens for the championship at um, at WrestleMania. And, of course, um, they were going to be, like, the main event. They were, Chris Jericho was told that it was going to be the main event of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. And, you know, Chris Jericho was going as the face. Like, as the face. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Vince decided, you know what, we're going to have Kevin Owens drop the belt to Goldberg because they want to sub Goldberg and Lesnar again but for the championship. Mm-hmm. And so Chris Jericho felt that you guys had a program going. He felt betrayed about it, and that's why Chris Jericho only you know, did one more pants for them. And at the Greatest Royal Rumble and Cy Raven, that was it. And he just decided to leave and went with AEW. Now look at him now. That's kind of cool. Is he's using his um, song from Fozzie as his entrance theme? So it's kind of cool. Um, he's the paymaker. Um, right now he's got his own stable in AEW, the Inner Circle. He's brought he's bringing like a lot of talent up to help them out and stuff. So now he's bringing himself up. He's bringing like other talent around him, mm-hmm. like young guys. And right now he's the AEW champion. He's going to defend against Cody Rose at Full Gear, which is like their first pay per view since um, All Out in Chicago, and but the first one ever launching Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, which is on Bleach reporting right now. It's like fifty bucks right now. So problem is, I don't know what time I'm going to get off from work Saturday. I would like to see the event and support AEW because to me it's like it's back to what. All wrestling is. Same thing like NXT. They're both like, honestly, the matches in AEW are really great. Really choreographed. And it's like these, seeing these characters that you've never seen before. Getting their time to shine. And what's cool by AEW, they said that we take performers from all backgrounds, you know. Any background, you know, transgender or, you know, sexual orientation will take you in and give you time to shine. That's just your moment to shine. So we'll see what happens. And of course, Cody Rose is already teasing something going on. He's going to make an announcement on Wednesday, career announcement-wise. We'll see what goes on with that. And I got Jake Hager, who was Jack Swagger in WWE, who was, to me, was he was a great talent, and they kept creatively stifling him. And he went to MMA, he went to Bellator, and he's been undefeated. And I guess the last match he trained for, he won again. That was kind of cool. Since he's in AEW, he's part of Jericho's like, inner circle stable to help with AEW. He had two of his uh, stable mates out there with him at the event, at the Bellator event, to help promote the brand. Hmm. And right now he's going by his real name, so it's kind of cool. So, I don't know, it's been a whole wrestling topic for the, the first hour to show them and jump to Halloween. Um, uh, Marvel news-wise, um, I just saw that they did announce that Marvel has studios has Greenland and Man 3. Hmm. And Peyton Reed is coming back to direct the, the third film, and I know... Michael Douglas is confirming he's coming back as Hank Pym, so we'll get to see him again, and we'll see how the new storyline's going to be for that one, for Iron Man 3, so we can't wait to see that one. And 
I don't know, like, guys, like, I, I decided, you know, I started watching King the Hill on Hulu the other day, and I just remember Greg Daniels, because he used to work on that show, he wrote for King the Hill, and then he wrote for The Simpsons, I'm like, I'm gonna start watching The Office again, I don't know, it's just because when I go to work, and they have Comedy Central, and obviously we run to The Office, I'm like, I gotta start watching again. But then all of a sudden, I read on Netflix, they cut off a certain segment from one of the episodes of The Office, like the Halloween episode, when they did The Haunted House, I'm like, are you guys gonna be cutting it off? Who knows what they did to the office, what they iterated and stuff. I don't know if that was an NBC call or Netflix call. I think it was more of an NBC and uh, Netflix call. Maybe. But lucky for me, I have the whole series on DVD. I have all the box sets. We should have one season that came with the script of the dinner party. So I got that. So I'm probably going to start rewatching The Office, but I'm going to watch it on DVD. Mm. Because I'm not going to be one of the people that are going to cry. Oh, I can't see. I can't stream it anymore. Uh Guys, I know they're going to have Peacock, and then speaking of the NBC show, uh, NBC streaming service Peacock, they meant talks to NBC Universal might be making it free with ads for customers who are not Comcast customers. So oh. it, it's going to be, yeah, it'll be free, but it's like they are going to be working on a paid version too, but it's because that's why they decided the whole, they're going to give the ranks of Hulu to Disney and let Disney run Hulu. Hmm. Because that was the whole deal they did. Like they'll have NBC Universal content on Hulu until. Until, you know, they, for like two years, I think they said, it was a two-year agreement. Until they get their streamers up and running. Really? Yeah. So right now, Disney's running Hulu. That's why they might, might, might see some Fox content on Hulu itself as well as when Disney Plus launches. So I'm, guys, it's only like a week away, guys. I just realized it. Oh, shit. We're only a week away from Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are saying that it's going to crash. I don't blame it. I know they were doing beta testing in Europe right now just to test the market right now. Just do beta testing in the service. And all the stuff they, they announced, all the old content. And they're doing a Lizzie McGuire revival. Oh, God. And so far, yeah, Hillary Duff is producing it. So she is working, you know, behind the scenes with it as well. That's supposed to be like basically we're her older now with a kid and everything. And um, it's cool they actually brought in the family. So full house. But, they, but it was cool because they brought the whole, like, that she shared a picture on Twitter where she showed, like, the original family on there. Alicia McGuire, so they brought everyone in. And they all look like, yeah, the, young, the guy who played the younger bird looks a little older now. He has a beard and everything, but you know, we were asking, oh, is she, is she going to bring back the two actors um, that played her best friends? Mm-hmm. And she hasn't said anything about it. And they're doing that for Disney+. Plus. I know they did, they did a live-action version of Lady and the Tramp for Disney+. Plus. Looking forward to The Mandalorian. I think they released another trailer for The Mandalorian. But I know going to December next month, it's going to be Star Wars. Um, other than that, I mean, TV-wise, I've just been on anime right now. And I started, like... It's probably with the fall. It's like a lot of these new animes coming out now. It's, it's hard for me to focus on specific one. Right now, I'm trying... The one I'm trying to go through and finish is um, Demon Slayer. Which is really good. I like the story. I like the premises. Basically, the, the period it takes place is in the Taisho period, which is basically close to like, I would say, almost like almost the 1920s Japan almost. But in some parts, you know, there's the rural parts and then there's like the later parts where, you know, they got people, like you go to Tokyo and there's like people almost dressing, and there's cars and stuff, early vintage cars and stuff. But it's basically focused on this character. Um, oh man, his name. I hate butchering names. Um, 
let me see if I can look it up because I don't want to butcher any names because I am an anime guy and it's like I don't want to butcher any names um let's see if I can pull up the characters here here. It's called Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. It's like it's a manga. It's um, published by Shonen Jump, and um, basically, it's like in the Taishiro Japan. Um, Taishiro, pretty much, he's a kid. Like he's a young man. Um, lives with his family. Um, pretty much, um, they he makes hit money from the family by selling charcoal and stuff. And of course, um, his family ends up getting slaughtered. His whole family gets slaughtered except for his sister, who ends up. Um, Becoming uh, pretty much a demon. Her sister becomes like a demon, like an Oni. Um, but a demon sister pretty much um, helps him out. And then he finds out, like his sister, even though she's technically a demon, she still has like signs of, like she still tries to fight it and show some emotion and stuff. But I guess all what happened was this demon sister that came to save him um, helped, her, helped out by... Find a way to calm her down and stuff. And problem is with demons, I guess. So based on what the anime and watching, then I mean, I probably want to get into the manga as well. And pretty much, um, he Tajiro gets inspired to go and become a demon slayer and help people, you know. And then his sister, you know, even though she's part demon, and he also wants to find out the demon that turned her sister, basically. Mm. Now, there's got to be a fine way to turn her human, uh, human back from a demon, you know. And what's kind of cool is even though she'll use her powers, but to help you know others as well. Like she gets put under. I find out later in the episodes that like she puts on her hypnosis, so she'll see everyone as like human as her family, and and fight demons as her as her enemy. That's creepy. And then she gets her powers by like sleeping for a while. So it's really good. I mean, the animation's great and the fighting is really good, really well, and, the, and it's really well written. So I do recommend that. That's currently right now. It's on. Right now, it's currently streaming on Crunchyroll. It's also on Funimation now, and Hulu finally got it because Funimation's got that deal with Hulu where it'll put try to for like first tier contact on content on the website on Hulu itself. So that's something I do recommend if you're into like Demon Slaying and stuff. Is Demon Slayer? It's a really good um, anime, and of course, people are going to talk about Food Wars because Food Wars came back for a new season. I haven't watched the fourth season of Food Wars. So I still got to go back and watch that. Like I said, there's a lot of anime for me to divulge. And I am planning to bring back the mini sods again. I know I did the whole um, one on um, the whole mini series on uh, is this a zombie? So I'm still debating on what's the next anime series I'm about to do a deep dive and do a thing about. And well, we'll see what happens. I mean, <laughs> we'll see what which one I do pick. Um, Biko, um, do you have anything when it comes to TV where you're watching right now, program wise? Um, I'm almost done with the second season of Fleabag. That is on Amazon. I'm fully convinced that I've fallen in love with the character, um, as well as the person who writes and directs the show and is the main star who plays um, Fleabag. What's it called? Fleabag? It's called Fleabag. It's basically... um, It's as realistic as it... As creating... um, it uses humans as the com is and its complexities that are already given in situations, and it kind of it it puts their their flaws and characteristics and how they treat others and manners into the forefront, as opposed to being something that's deemed down. 
and it's just a snowball effect. It's not like Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's more, it's, it has that feeling, but it's less Larry David comedy-esque and more or less uh, UK sort of. She's a character who owns a cafe. She's in her her thirties. Uh, she deals with like a family life that's so weird. A sister who is a prof- a professional woman who is trying to get out of a marriage, and her trying to end, mm-hmm. trying, her trying to maneuver around the the relationship dynamic she has with her brother in law, who is just terrible for her her sister, and how her sister kind of is like dredging this line of whether she wants to be with him or not but and they all like all of their all of their characteristics when it comes to like maybe not taking the whole ethical approach into people and to certain situations Mm -hmm. is very it 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 gives it more real and then she breaks the, the fourth wall all the time like all she's talking to you as she's going through it and it's not it's not it's i get it like people especially now on the forefront that deadpool's got a lot of uh clout in in our mainstream culture but it's not the same Mm -hmm. um deadpool does it for a comedic effect and timing and they're like i mean it's in the comics but it's in the comic and like it makes i think in the comic realm it comes off more genuine when it's in the comic realm because He's, he addresses you as the reader. Like, he says it. And he does little things, even goes off the page sometimes. However, when it comes... I think I haven't seen it done this well since fucking Saved by the Bell. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> nah. Um, it it kind of takes that. But she doesn't freeze time. She doesn't do a cliche. She doesn't, like... She she does hash out little conversations, but what's funny is that the characters, like, call her out on it. Like, so the second season... Spo- no spoilers, but, like... She kind of builds, like, a relationship with this priest mm-hmm. that, like, eventually, like, he is getting into, like, an old internal... Because they're, they're all people dealing with internal struggles, but they get they basically get it out of their system while they're dealing with different situations. Like, the parents' wild dynamic of them getting married and divorced, her sister not being able to have a baby, but they lie about it, and she even she says that she's the one who has a miscarriage. It's like, it's crazy. But it's it got nominated for an Emmy. I can see why. The writing's really good. She directs the show. She's the main actress. Uh, she was in other shows. I just can't remember. This is the first time I've been exposed to yeah. her, and I can't. I couldn't be more happier. And it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it looks which, like it was like it, it went in for like three years. Looks like yeah. Um, it's the, they put the second season a couple months ago on there, and I've and, it, and they're, it's quick watches. They're like six six to eight episodes. I know the second season's like six. But it goes by rather quickly because they're they're not too long episodes, um, but they're really good because they just you go on this coaster. Great mm-hmm. actors, um, so, and I'm pretty sure it takes place in America. But like they have so many different UK people in there, and, and different. Uh, I suppose it, it takes place in London, right? It, it looks like it, but like it's weird because one of the characters is, is American. Like I don't know how he gets to London. It's just strange. Um, so you never really know. It creates this town for itself, but it's in real times. Uh, it's a good show that I haven't finished watching. But it's something that, uh, for Amazon Prime, uh, you find a lot of good stuff on there. You just, it's, it's cause it's not as big. It's kind of just lumped on there with your Prime subscription. But I, there's a lot of good stuff you can check out. They always have a decent movie collection. I mean, shows like that, like Jack Ryan, I'm going to get back into it cause I think the second season got put up. So I'm going to definitely get back and watch that now that I have some time today. Um, 
just TV shows is what I'm leaning towards more of uh, right now. Movies, I haven't seen anything. I've gotten recommended to a couple, but I haven't. Yeah, sat down. it's like it's just, like I said, the last movie I saw was Joker. Was like the last movie. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know why. Like, I do want to see other movies. Um, and it's like, uh, it's like. I don't know. It's like nowadays, like I do want to go to the theater and watch a movie. It's like, but the problem is, it's got to be a movie that you know it's going to grab my attention and you know, and I, I mean, I'm looking for. I don't know if the Jay and Silent Bob reboot's out now, but I think what Kevin Smith was saying was I was, I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast with Kevin Smith saying like he's loving it, taking it the movie and doing like these tours and stuff because he gets to see the he gets to watch the movie with the fans and everything and see what their you know question what they think of it and stuff. He's saying like every stop that they went to. Um, he mentioned Chicago. He enjoyed the time in Chicago. I think right now, based on every, he was going to Houston. He was going to Texas, and he said that like every stop they went to, that I think like a few weeks later they were going to have the movie available in theaters. Oh, they put that movie that Armando was telling us about with Vince Vaughn on Amazon. Probably. Oh, that's another the one. cell block one. Oh yeah, that's something. Uh, and then TV wise, besides that, besides you know, I'm not going to just be on anime. I think the last one I saw, honestly, I do recommend. If you have Hulu, um, Letterkenny, because I got Biko on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still haven't finished that yet. I know there's been a talk on Reddit and everything, and uh, if you haven't watched Letterkenny, I, well, the way I can describe the show, I mean, it's on Hulu. Uh, if you live in Canada, it's Crave TV. Uh, if you remember the show called Shit's Creek. Yeah. Which is a Canadian-based television show. Um, it's, like, same style like that, but it pretty much it's, like, it takes place in a fictional town, fictional Irish town. Canadian Irish town, Letterkenny, it's like a small population. It's basically the lives of, you know, it follows up this, um, the Hicks are portrayed uh, by um, Wayne and Katie and Squirrely Dan and Daryl, who's known as Dairy. Um, and then Wayne just runs like a produce stand from his farm. And it's like different people in the town have different issues. You know, they got the skids who are pretty much like the emo type, like, you know, they like music and they sell drugs and they got, you know, the Christians. Mike Glenn, who's like pretty heavy Christian, that's kind of funny. And then you got the hockey players, because it's Canada, you know. But it's really funny. It's hilarious. The writing is hilarious, and like the delivery and the jokes, um, they do um, follow. And it's kind of funny because every time they say this one topic, they start like using that topic with different uses. It's, it's really fun. Um, the, sh- the series is like right now, they just finished the seventh season. Hulu decided to finance the seventh season based on the popularity of the streams. And, and like a lot of people are dressing up as the characters, it's become more popular here. And too, like I do want to try that their beer called Puppers. And mm-hmm. they decided to make the company decided to make a beer from the show um, as a mainstream beer. And uh, and right now you can catch all seven episodes. They're like each season's like six episodes long, so they are short, you know, seasons. But it's really fun. It's I would say I'll probably go back and watch it again. It's that funny because it started off as a thing on YouTube. If you go to the, the YouTube channel where it started from, it eventually became, you know, a TV show from that. I think Creative was sponsoring and everything. And then, of course, we got the, the American rights to it. And it's a funny show. I do recommend I think Jay Burchill made an appearance in one of the seasons. Um, but it's like these are actors I, I you never seen before, never seen them on their works. And it's a really good show. Definitely recommend it. Check it out. Letter Kenny. That's current on Hulu. Um, other than that, yeah, I do want to do an Office rewatch, and um, you know, I'm trying to catch up on the DC shows right now too, and try to catch up on Netflix on the DC Arrowverse because they're leading up to the Arrow um, to Crisis of Infinite Earth story that's going to come out later this year. You need to look forward to that. Um, 
And like I said, for comes to wrestling, I'm following that right now. It's following AEW and NXT closely and following those two promotions. Like I said, it's like the Wednesday Night Wars. So it's like I've got to follow those two things. And like I said, movie-wise, the last movie I saw was Joker. Um, it's like stuff on Netflix. I keep getting notifications to go on and watch this. It's like, of course, there's The Irishman that's supposed to be coming soon on Netflix. And those one that's going to be coming out. I'm looking forward to see that because that means Martin Scorsese. And, you know. and then, of course, there's Doctor Sleep that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Later this month, or is out now, and it's like the sequel to The Shining, which to me is like, how can you make a sequel to a movie, to a book? And it's like, I guess it was a book by Stephen King. It's all yeah, so it's obviously the sequel to his work, The Shining. So it's like, and kind of like for a fact, based on the trailers, they do a call back to the, the to the hotel and everything, and the the weird creepy twins like come play with us, the real British twins. I'm like, what? The? I'm like, okay, but it's like I never seen the original Shining. I never seen the original. Which people are like, what? <laughs> I haven't seen it. And, like, I have it just because it's been paradised in pop culture. It's been paradised in other shows. Reference it or even in... Because um, it's a long movie. I think in Ready Player One, they used it for the movie-wise because it wasn't in the book. And because due to licensing. because I think because it's also recognizable. And it's Spielberg. And it's the 80s. And, and it's was, the 80s. Like... Watching that was like watching Stranger Things. It's just fan service. It's fun, mm-hmm. but The Shining is just like all, all Stephen King movies are. You have to like. I think it helps when you read the book mm-hmm. because then it's just it, when you watch whatever properties they adapt into the the screen. It's you can't help. You can feel bad, but like or get mad as Kubrick as Stephen King did to Kubrick because he used it in another way, but. At the end of the day, like, these people are getting paid to put out a product that has to accommodate the audience. And with The Shining, um, it's a good movie because it, like, goes in between thriller and cerebral shit when it messes with your head. Which I think that's what Stephen King's books do. That's what they're supposed to be doing is to, like, fuck with your head. If you haven't read books by Stephen King, then... I think you they each each director tries to do that even and it's it's sad like I'm gonna bash on it too again in <laughs> chapter two again but like that watching watching the second one and and then going from the original TV uh, run and then going into the first chapter one which I thought it was I got to see it so like I thought I thought it was actually pretty good like it was. It's a, it's like a fucking 180 from the other chapter two, which I think was just like, why the fuck did we make it? Mm-hmm. It felt like watching The Hobbit, the third one. Like, all right, now we're now we're just gonna ham fist a bunch of shit in here and drag it out just because it's the third finishing one. It wasn't like it didn't get the Return of the King treatment. It should have gotten most things. Like, fuck, I always like taking things back to Lord of the Rings, but God, Peter Jackson just did that so well. They could have just left the Hobbit alone, but uh, with Stephen King's stuff, you ha- I think it helps to have that resource material in your head, or it's just that like he provides so much structure around like his characters, and you see the complexities of them creating the narrative within themselves and how it results in the environment around them. And I think that's what's hard for them to capture when it goes on screen. Like, Kubrick did what he could in within a matter of two hours, and I think it's like 20 minutes. It's a long movie, mm-hmm. and the buildup takes a while because 
you're getting thrown into the the hotel. But like, we are gonna always see this brought up and through pop culture, and maybe they'll stop sooner or later because unless they make a fucking reboot of The Shining, which would be stupid. Oh God, no. I hope they don't. But if now that we're seeing everything has like there's nothing off limits nowadays, so let's like fucking do it. Can reboot it. So, so I I see like. I don't think that will hold up very well with this next generation of people. Like, I was listening to um, a podcast yesterday, and I'm going to turn it into a sociological thing for a second. But um, there's a guy who did a study that uh, between, I think there was a study between um, 21-year-olds to 35-year-olds comparing to how they ingest media compared to, like, teenagers Mm -hmm. throughout all the thing and they only watch like youtube like they like young teens and then there's like they proposed the question because you had some guy who wrote a book on like how to how to limit your screen time and stuff because it's inevitable we all do it it's impossible he's like it's impossible to curve because they're like he would resolve what studies that parents have with their own children like i've tried everything but you just can't do it so it's like it's impossible for everyone and how parents have to or how kids are have to parent the parents who are getting an addiction to their screens and we see it with our own mother so like <laughs> we're constantly doing that and he was and they were going back and forth with the host um about how like they'll go to restaurants and see that like a full family just on fucking phones and they're living through that and that's fine like it's we're cyborgs i mean yeah that's that yeah it's like that day and age thing it's like now it's like we do the same too when we visit cousins and stuff. It's like everybody all, does it. Yeah, like we're all on our phones. I try not to do that when I go with family, cause, but it's or kinda, without with friends. Like I try my hardest. But it's kind of it's we we got like we got uh, drove into like yeah that's the only way we just check our yeah. social media and stuff or um it's kind of hard when you're constantly like it's hard to get away like you say it's hard to get away from the screen and try to get have a conversation and they and that's then they proposed a question so that was the question they did on the survey they proposed like a study on people from different age demographics and they asked what would hurt you more you dropping your phone and the phone screen cracks Mm -hmm. or would you rather drop your phone it could essentially the amount of like emotional hurt you would have Dropping your phone and the crack screen cracks is terrible, or breaking a finger on your arm or breaking a, breaking a bone in your body, and then so they they post this question to different age groups and age ranges. I think he mentioned like thirty five to like sixty, then sixty to eighty, and then like the youngest teens like thirteen to fourteen, and then up to young adulthood, and people within our demographic of like 21 to 35 and then up basically said the same thing. Oh, that's ridiculous. I'd rather just have my phone drop and I'd rather have my deal with the phone that just broke. Then I'd rather have my phone screen crack than a broken bone in my body feeling that. And then when you ask the 13 to 14 year olds to like young teens to early adolescent adults, like, holy fuck, they would be like, oh, well, which bone? <laughs> Like essentially imply not not, not saying exactly, yeah. but essentially implying that no matter they would still consider breaking a bone over f- messing up their phone, given the option of which bone to break. And I've broken bones. You've broken bones. It fucking hurts. 
So why the fuck? Dislocating a, a so there's for me, like yeah, that weird. It, it sucks. So there's that weird. I would. Well, take, dislocation is different from bringing a bone, but it, it's a tremendous amount of pain compared to you dropping your phone screen. Hi, Elf. You have an opinion. Oh yeah, uh, Boomy's cat's going like, trying to chime in now as well. It's fucking. It's insane to the fact that like it, I'm not surprised, but it's interesting to see that in the fact that there's still like for a little. For teens who live in this in the virtual world, probably on a consistent basis, that they still take into consideration. Well, maybe I'll fuck up my finger or my wrist bone just so my iPhone 11 Max 3 camera or my Android Galaxy Note, whatever, that cost my parents a bajillion dollars on top of whatever bills to make a living. Or you, because I know a lot of hardworking teens out there that fucking do their thing and work very hard for their stuff. So it's it's crazy to see that, that it has become a norm. Um, and I, I, I can't believe that that's like even something to consider that they would even break a bone. Um, but those studies are fascinating. I actually, I think the book is called, uh, I think it's called Resistance or something. He wrote, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Alter is the guy's name. He's been writing books on like kind of how to curve our screen time, um, how this is a very big issue on how we might be the pioneers on how like how people writing about this, about these screen addictions and all that stuff, how these people are going to be the pioneers in the future that we're probably going to see people looking back. We're going to be like, how the fuck, how did we get to, how did we let society go into this? Like, mm-hmm. how do we let it go like this? And those books are going to be very important as we go into the future as this becoming a big problem, um, I think he's even worked with people who were dealing with video game addiction, um, and, and video game addiction and internet addiction when it comes to like kid, young adults and, and mainly like their big, their big uh, demographic is young adolescent boys, like in the teen range who have built these crazy addictions to video games and the internet because there's so much content and so much things. Or like how giving kids phones as their ch- children has be has become like the biggest marketing thing for YouTube because it's their biggest like I'm I'm going off of whatever the the author of this book and doing they're conducting the research on on um, attitudes towards entertainment and YouTube's biggest demographic are their teens like that all kids that's where they get most of their entertainment from so like I don't think they have a big leg in when it comes to Netflix because no. I think that's still like those streaming platforms carry the typical TV viewer like people who who love having the convenience of being able to choose what they want to watch mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to YouTube would be the same thing but YouTube what does different is that it just feeds you it feeds you shit constant constant stuff on the algorithm because it google's compiling this profile on you and youtube i fucking swear to god does the best job at giving you shit that you can watch for hours like i'll fall asleep and i and sometimes my xbox doesn't recognize that i'm asleep and the youtube will keep going and you get a constant like stream of shit I'll wake up watching I'll watch one thing fall asleep and then wake up watching something completely different mm-hmm. um so like rabbit holes are real hence why I go back to rewatch The Office because then it makes me feel a hole again <laughs> that's what like I said that's why I'm like I'm, I'm gonna to go that, back to watch feel, that again like it makes you feel like like something's right because I, I feel like that was the first show we actually binge watched 
before fully going into the Netflix realm of things because we had the DVDs. Yeah, because like, that's why, I was like, I have that 70s show on DVD. Like, I have these shows. I have King of Queens. And that's something yeah. that, like, when we, when it comes to, like, TV shows, I'll get, like, stuff that, you know, I don't have, like, subscriptions to or don't have that mean. Like, King of Queens, that's not on any streaming service right now. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I was lucky for love. I got a good deal on Amazon. I bought the whole series on DVD, which I do want to go and watch that show because it was done by the same same producers that worked on the same writing staff that worked in there by Lowe's Raymond. It's basically a spinoff of its own almost. Because they do have the characters coming out in there for a little bit just to show, hey, this takes place in the same universe as, like, Everybody Loves Raymond. So, because the character, like, Kevin James, like, developed, came out in Everybody Loves Raymond. First, he came out as one of, like, Ray's buddies to hang out with. I guess they liked his, um, the way his dynamic was with Ray Ramon, with, um, with Ray Romano. So, they decided, you know what, let's, um, develop his character as Doug and he makes an appearance in Everybody Loves Raymond as Doug. And they do make appearances, like sporadic appearances. Um, that's another show too. Uh, Everybody loves Raymond. It's a good show because honestly, I think our folks got into it because got us into it because they started watching it on TV Land or because it was on reruns, and we got into it and we started liking it as well. It's like it's these shows that you know didn't get our attention when we were growing up, but now it's like so I did a whole Friends binge on oh Netflix, and it was like. I can see why and our little cousin she's obsessed with friends. I'm fucking obsessed. And, and yeah, everything she posts right now, guys, it's like it's all like your memes with friends or she'll post a like, she, I think it's it's not like we're not, you know, we're not we're bashing not, you know, it by any means. I don't love friends. It's one of those shows you put on in the background. I just find it seeing the people react when oh friends is leaving Netflix and like, that was like are a you big guys outcry. Serious right now? They're not it's not like it's the most it's so basic of a sitcom that like how can you and I, think I did like for a fact that they did like they were just celebrating the anniversary they decided to show like a few episodes at a theater. <laughs> it was like to me, okay, I understand that I don't want to get the nostalgia of it and of course like Waterverse in California built like an actual like recreational set of Central Perk. So people can like take pictures and stuff, which is kinda cool. But yeah, going back to that's like going back to old shows, like going jumping back, it's like right now I do want to jump back at the office. But I want to do like I did back then, you know, DVDs. Because I got Game of Thrones, I haven't gone back into that and I got like the whole series on DVD slash Blu-ray because you know I don't have HBO. Mm-hmm. I don't get that thing and I came across it because I heard things about it. I'm like I never yeah, read the man. books. I might and have to spring for that. <laughs> Cancel Netflix and go for HBO. HBO Max. <laughs> Fuck it, they have good shows on there. That or Showtime. Whatever, all that stuff like and like you mentioned, we never we didn't really grow up with any of that stuff, so like all that I'm I That stuff was like premium. That was like if you parents wanted to give like the extra fifteen bucks or a cable service just to get access to those channels. It's like... And they didn't really watch it anyways. They're just watching a bunch of Spanish novelas. So, like, they don't really care for anything like that unless they go out of their way and go to the movies. But, um... Even now, uh... Amazon has done a good job with uploading a lot of that old... A lot of the critically acclaimed shows that were running on Showtime and HBO. So, like, even going back to see The Sopranos. Um... I want to go the wire. Going back to see The Wire. I've, I've decked my toes in that one again. Um, a lot of shows that were critically acclaimed for a reason, and we're very young. Like, like with me, I'm, I still got to go into Breaking Bad, because I know they just released uh, the film uh, El Camino, mm-hmm. um, which okay. is basically a uh, continuation of the Breaking Bad story, but it's following you know Jesse Pinkman. So I'm, very, I'm still in the first season of Breaking Bad, so I got to go back and watch that. And of course, they got the spinoff better called Saul, which is basically like a prequel. To the series, um, 
you got that. And of course, Netflix has their share of original content, some movies and stuff. And then, of course, um, Rick and Morty's coming out next Sunday. They're going to do the first five episodes of the, the mm. new season and do the next five next year. Mm. Which to me is smart, you know. Get the audience to catch and engage them. And gauge them for like, you know, five weeks and then, you know. We've already up. had them waiting this long. Yeah. What's what's more time at that point? Yeah. It just makes you more, it's just what they do. And it's probably not even up to them, it's probably up to the studio heads. Mm-hmm. Who don't want you to reveal it just yet. And that's exactly what I'm dealing with. And then with I just too. read that um, J.G. Quintel, the creator of a regular show, he came up with a, he made, he's working on another project, like a adult oriented project. It's animation style. It's animation. It's called Closer to You. It was like on. It was on YouTube. Like the trailer was on YouTube. I watched it. It was kind of hilarious. I, um, and it was supposed to be on TBS when TBS was trying to go through the whole animation phase, but due to the like, the I guess based on recent projects, it wasn't working well. They say oh they they hold it off, but they did announce that it's going to be on HBO Max. And that's cool seeing that it's it's him, JJ Quintel. It's this really funny trailer. Shit, let me see if I can pull it up. But um, a lot of things are like they're like water media is boosting up the brand itself. Um, but like I said, that's going to be the next thing because that's going to be like I said, we're going to go in this day and age. Um, um, you go in this day and age of different services. Uh, Of all these streaming services like, you know, Warner Media, Peacock, and all that stuff. Um, let's see if I can pull it up here. Because that's the only thing they have right now is just the... It's called Close Enough. And pretty much it's... um, It's not canceled, but it, they, it was supposed to go on TBS. CBS had it on their channel for like two years. The trailer was on there for like two years. Um, I think based on... There, well, there's a show called Final Space... Uh, they have it on Verve, and they Adult Swim picked it up for another season. It's actually not bad, but this is the the trailer for it. See, this is the trailer for it. This is his show. Yeah, it's JG Quintel, the creator of the show. This is gonna be on Adult Swim. No, it's gonna be on HBO Max now. Oh, that guy's gonna be in there. Yeah, it's gonna be on HBO Max now. It was originally supposed to go on TBS, but HBO Max picked it up. They're watching the trailer, guys. It's called Close Enough. Mm-hmm. And we still got finished regular show. I mean, they got the whole final season on Hulu. What is it called? It's called Close Enough. Close Enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this chair is like a a minute of something wrong. As you can tell, like, it's got the same animation style as regular show. Like, it's got that same art style. 
Yeah, I can see why it's on HBO. Because CBS wouldn't let that happen. No. Like, they, they'll go only as far as what American Dad will let, what they let them put out. Um, but I think it's... It looks good. I mean, it, it has the same similar feeling of regular show, but just more adult-oriented. In the sense of, like, the things that they actually do. Mm-hmm. Which song... Um, but I think it was... I think it looks good. I mean, HBO. Fuck, man. Maybe I'll wait till they cross it over, but... But I think what, that's what I'm saying right now, that's what I've been reading right now, um, that possibly they are going to give it to um, the HBO Max could be free to some subscribers, um, to the like, cable subscribers that have like access to HBO. Because I get the feeling they might get rid of HBO Go and just follow HBO Max. And I think and people that have like AT&T and stuff, because, because you know, Warner Media owns AT&T, so it's like AT&T bought Warner Media, so Warner Brothers, which became Warner Media Group, um... Um, they might be free for ATT subscribers. We'll mm-hmm. have to wait and see because I have a TV TV now, so hopefully I'll get that for free. We don't know. They're, they're, they're still it's still in the the they're they're still in that phase. It's supposed to come on next spring, and then they announce all these kind of things they're snatching up like licensing rights to. Um, Rick and Morty is going to be featured on for streaming. They are going to feature HBO Max, but Hulu will still have streaming rights to it too as well. Um, South Park is going to be leaving Hulu. Streaming wise, what it's gonna oh, be on Netflix. It's gonna it's gonna be moving towards HBO Max. They signed a deal. It's gonna be in the summer of next year. Mm-hmm. They're moving over to HBO Max. So they'll get all that plus the movie. Um, <laughs> and of course, South Park got me for three years. Um, it's three seasons, so it's like the like the past season's been like this season so far. It's been uh, kind of like for fact. It's all focusing on Randy Marsh and his uh, integrity farms. His, uh, his weed farm, so it's kind of, there's, it's like all the topics that's going on, you know, things in Hong Kong and stuff. They made fun of the, there was one episode, they made fun of the NBA trying to do negotiations with China and stuff, the Hong Kong, and how Winnie the Pooh's basically banned in China right now, because supposedly someone made that as a reference to the current president. Because he looks like him. Kind of looks like Winnie the Pooh. They're a communist, they're a communist so, country acting they're a communist capitalist country acting as a democracy which they're really not and that's why all these protests are going on right now is because they want to be democratic the same way so um like i said honestly that's what's going on with tv eventually later on or like movies and what it's, i know this thing became a whole one topic jumping in there but i mean it was like today i would say it was it was more like you know what we're doing right now it's like an update i mean movie wise it's like we're gonna try to do another review um maybe we might do like a We'll go look at a movie that we have we have currently stashed at our house, and we'll go do a review on that. We're still playing a lot of stuff coming up for future episodes of the podcast. We're gonna try to get like a Mondo back out. We'll probably get our buddy Ivan, especially for when Star Wars comes out. We're, we'll have a review for that because I'm pretty sure we're gonna go see it as a group. Yeah, we're gonna try um, to go see Star Wars. We can, we can, we'll try to get them in so we. We'll can probably do a review up. on the Mandalorian because I am planning to get Disney Plus. Oh and, yeah, and there's a bunch of content I would love to do reviews on, like you know Disney Plus. Like they got the Mandalorian coming out, and then they got um. They're going to have a lot of the Disney afternoon block coming back. So I like to do like a review on the Gargoyles mm-hmm. and some other shows. And then like like new movies are coming out. And of course, we got Marvel coming out next year with new stuff and stuff. And like, a, yeah, we do want to do like a Star Wars one. We might bring back like a top five list as well. We might do up new lists for like random stuff. And like I said, guys, we're, we're going to try. Like I said, we're doing our best to give you guys new content every week. So we're sponsored. <laughs> so 
We're trying to make that our goal to give you guys new stuff. There's a lot of shit going on like right now in pop culture, especially what Beagle was saying about like YouTube and stuff. It's like that's like that's my serious graphic. Like right now, I'm on YouTube and that's why I pull up that trailer for that show close enough. It's a lot of stuff right now on YouTube. There, of course, I do want to get back into Castlevania the series. Which is really good, and of course, the same creators producing. Uh, and there's a lot of new anime too on Netflix as well. I mean, that's why I don't want to like get away from Netflix because they got like the original animes coming out, dude, and they got the new ones that were developed by you know. What's kind of cool is they're letting these artists, like these American artists, you know, who are inspired by Japanese animation, or these anime studios develop like these like series. There's something called Cannon Busters is on Netflix. Um, there's one. Um, the one with Danny Trejo and stuff, Seis Manos, which I do want to look at. That okay. looks more interesting. Um, of course, they got Evangelion that's on Netflix right now. They got the new dub. I might just watch the sub version because I heard the new dub is kind of like fans were were, happy, were like upset that they didn't get the original cast from the, the original dub of Evangelion to the reprise the English dub. So I might just go and watch the sub version of it. I mean, I, I like both dubs and subs. I like both. But there's certain like when it comes to dubbing there's like certain ones like you do want to watch a dub like you don't mind watching the sub but there, there's something with when it comes to localization and stuff it works like Cowboy Bebop to me it's like it's really good dub because they had a really good cast because that's what brought anime back to the mainstream was Cowboy Bebop and of course right now all thoughts are to John Cho right now because he got injured while they're doing rehearsals for the show like it's going to be on Netflix a live action version so they, what, what I like about them is they shut down production for right now until he gets back from the knee injury mm. Which is kind of cool. Because nowadays with this day and age, all oh, they'll, they'll you're trying to recast somebody, but I like for a fact that this production is. Hey, this is the guy we picked to play Spike. And you could tell he was working hard to bring that character, and you know things happen. Accidents happen. You know, people get hurt. People don't realize. Oh, the actors don't get hurt. Like it does happen. So it could go wrong. You know, Harrison Ford got hurt on the set of uh, Force Awakens. And um, what's her name? Ruby oh, Rose. Sweet. Ruby Rose got hurt on the set of Batwoman, and she's she's not gonna try not to do uh, weird stunts anymore, like heavy duty stunts. So it happens, you know. What's even better, uh, not to go off topic, but as far as enjoying your entertainment, I was uh, I'm a big advocate and enthusiast for marijuana. Um, I've been using it for years. It's literally my favorite thing in the world that isn't love and talking shit about pop culture that we do. Not talking shit every, every time, but... I believe me, I'm... Um, showing appreciation for talking shit about things that don't amuse me. Unless, um, I was just reading up to date. We are going to be le a legal state that's going to be selling recreational and medical. We've been medical state for about three to four years now. But next year. Um, but the conditions list, I think, was very limited... Um, and mostly pertaining to very serious illnesses and diseases such as glaucoma, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I know, um, I think it was some form of uh, hepatitis and other cancers like leukemia. Uh, and now with recreational being legal in, in January 1st, 2020, uh, they have posted, NPR actually has posted a kind of an FAQ on like different different questions may have as being somebody who wants to purchase things legally. And I was reading that um, once that goes into effect, you are you will be able to buy weed online or, or through mail carriers 
Oh no, it's oh shit. Never mind. It says it will still be illegal in Illinois, whether that's within the state or across state boundaries, according to state officials, which is fucking bullshit. Um, I think it's bullshit, but I understand that they don't want it to turn into black market businesses not only sending you weed and other things, and it can it regulates, but it also cuts into businesses that are already doing this. They're doing medical wise and and recreational. You can still order. You can order mushrooms, like you can, which is a psychedelic, which is fine. It actually helps with microdosing helps with depression and anxiety. Um, See, I for me, it's like it's surprising that it's still going to be illegal when it's legal here. I get it through straight state lines, but when we have a good influx of which I know federally it's illegal, but if a more the more and more states ratify and legalize, the more and more that the federal government's just going to look stupider than they already do now with these ancient practices. I know Bernie has been talking about. And once he's elected, he's going to legalize the um, Other, I know other Democratic representatives have also stated, I don't know about Elizabeth Warren. Um, I, and I'm not saying I only lead Democratic. I'm very much independent when it comes to shit like that because they both play the same sides. They're mm-hmm. both in the politics game. Um, but there are conservative reps who are as, as well. They just haven't gotten the screen time because everything, the courts and the, and the Dem side, and I think... A lot of the Republican people or candidates who want to run for presidency, they don't get a lot of screen time when it comes to publications like CNN or or uh, MSNBC. I know Fox News does that because they're conservative media, but even their, a couple of their pundits are even calling out Trump because they've just been dealing with the impeachment. That's been overriding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't delved into any conservative right red red conservative or red republican representatives who have discussed this issue um i hate to go off topic but i think um as somebody who has been smoking since he was a very young age a kid i understand like this is a big deal to see illinois come around fucking finally it's for me it's like for me that's like you know i went through the whole because I'm, for me, I'm still like, I want to try it, but the problem is, it's like, it sucks because right now, live jobs is like you can't because they do drug, they'll do random drug testing, which that's still like downside to me. But I am looking for right now if I need to until I can find. Because right now I have a real bad anxiety, and I've been looking researching oh. CBD and stuff, and I do want to try CBD oil because I know Joe Rogan has been a particular. Of CBD, um, Rob Gronkowski's been a producer, like been an advocate. Been He's been trying to push CBD for the NFL because it helps with you know with your body heal. Because people don't realize I've been doing so research on things. CBD. So many different, and things. people don't realize that you have receptors in your in your brain are C- cannabinoid receptors, which pretty much helps with your body healing itself. And CBD has been proven to help with anxiety, help with pain, help with our arthritis, inflammation. It's good. It's a better inflammatory than like like ibuprofen. Who's, which is commonly known to treat inflammation. Um, CBD oil has been on that, but I'm looking forward. But it's like the only downside is that it's like I try to find out if it doesn't show up on, you know, on a drug test. And, you know, I work in an industry where they do random drug tests and I don't want to be caught in that. You know, I take CBD oil and I don't want to get, you know, lose my job over it. taking something that's going to help me out. Um, but if marijuana does, you know, when it does become, you know, when it becomes illegal in January, 
I might try to, you know, um, you know, Biko's gonna try to help me like ease into it. I'm not gonna go jumping guns blazing, you know. God, I'm not gonna. That's the no. worst mistake. That's what me and what I'll call because you know I turned 21. Woo, 21, yeah. I dropped the ball on that one, and you know, and it got me to the point that I didn't want to drink anymore, and I went to like almost eight years of being sober because I got turned off by alcohol and drinks and stuff because I. No one that was there to help me out, you know, no one, you know, showed me the proper way to handle it. And that's what turned me off for eight years. But as soon as, you know, Biko came along and he started helping me out and stuff and told me, hey, th these are drinks that are like better for you and like alcohol wise or taste better. And, you know, you get more of the flavor because, you know, me, I was turned off because it was like the same old shit because our uncles were had drink the same old shit. I credit Biko for showing me like, you know craft beers and stuff which i do enjoy particularly do enjoy craft beer especially two brothers which is you know locally yeah we try to support here. them as much as we can we try um, to support local guys but if you're i'm not saying drinking is good but if you do it responsibly i always say drink responsibly like i like the fact that ads are saying drink responsibly. be responsible with yourself same thing when you know when marijuana becomes legal be responsible don't try to like yeah you're gonna go crazy and no do it moderately don't do it like a lot you know because like i said if you're planning to do it make sure you're not working and make sure someone's there with you just to keep you, you know, to help you out, you know, just to keep you on your day, you know, because the body reacts differently. Yeah. Body reacts differently. You don't know what happens. Um, but I would say this will probably, like I said, I'm like, Biko's going to try to help me out with CBD and I do want to try the oil. I do want to see, drink the oil. I know Amazon's selling, like, I know they got these companies that are selling in pill form, but I think with the oil, probably more of a direct, you know direct thing to help me out because believe me I have it just so it just depends on what you're looking for I have something to help with my anxiety that's what I'm I need something to help me out with that it's like right now that's why I like talking right now on the like doing the podcast and I did have a I do have a YouTube channel guys I do have a video blog but it's like with the anxiety hitting me I haven't done videos I know recently uh, one somebody actually reached out to me on Facebook it's somebody that we know through our cousins um, he asked if we're if I'm ever gonna bring back the franchise videos, but I as of right now I'm not planning to do that right now because I've been doing the podcast and it's like with my social anxiety I kind of feel like just doing my voice on the radio, kind of like on you know audio wise it's helping me out try to get a lot of my stuff out and eventually if I do end up doing video good I just want to get my issue taken care of first but I kind of like having Biko here with me doing the podcast with me and help me out as well you know going through that issue right now and um then that you know it's, this conversation has become so like it's fucking it's deep. monday it's random it's monday it's random we're gonna call this a random monday we're gonna call this episode random monday um i don't know if you got anything else to add Biko. if you want to wrap things up now because i know we got shit to do and... um it's almost the end of the decade guys we have about oh yeah that's right like 2019 uh, of so we might do uh May down the line, May next month, we'll do like a, you know, our what moments stand out to us in this year, and pay go over the 2010s in general, and just pick up like certain events. So we might do it for December. We might do like a weekly, you know, focus on certain events throughout the decade, basically, because mm -hmm. we are hitting 2020. and things are changing in 2020, so we'll we'll do that. Hopefully um, for the better. And we'll. I know we were talking about possibly doing a discussion on. 
video games getting translated to movies. Mm-hmm. I do want to deep dive into that because there's so many stories. But like I said, it takes time, it takes research. You know, like I said, we're working on getting you guys content every week. So that's something. And then, of course, we have the Star Wars coming out. You know, the Rise of Skywalker coming out next month. So we want to do a review on that. So a lot of things going on, guys. So stay tuned. You know, we got a lot of things to discuss. I mean, this podcast is going to keep going as much as I can. You know, it, it's a great outlet. It's another choice for you guys if you're interested in pop culture. Because that pop culture is in our lives every day. Always something interesting is happening. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, bringing up with Trump right now. The last two events he's been to, um, he went to a World Series game. And someone put it on Reddit. And it's kind of funny. Someone recorded his reaction. It's in the show him on the screen. And people started booing in D.C., it was in the World Series. He was getting booed in D.C. And just seeing his reaction, first he was smiling, then he started being all serious. And Talk was, about, like, honestly getting onto your bubble for a minute. And, and then I guess that's, they did the UFC, what? Did the UFC 224 at, uh, was it 224? UFC 224 or 240? 244. 244, right? Last weekend, of course, um, he was there. And it was a mixed reaction. <laughs> and then Dwayne Johnson apparently made an appearance there because I guess he promised... Uh, he was going to present the belt or something? The BMF belt? Yeah, the bad, baddest motherfucker belt because it was Jose um, Masvidal versus... I guess uh, he'd been calling him out and stuff. Uh, Nick Diaz. Yeah, because he's like the... He's the guy who'd fucking knocked out... Um, oh, I already forgot his fucking name. Ben Askren. Like the biggest trash talker when it comes to the wrestling. His ground game is... His wrestling game is crazy. And then he's the one who has the fastest knockout on record in UFC history. In I think five seconds mm-hmm. because he fucking did the flying knee because he and he's the guy who <laughs> had I think one of my favorite press uh, press bouts after the fight ever when he's like I don't like the guy so much I don't like him that much if I see on Whole Foods I'm gonna drop him like that's how <laughs> that's all like how real it was he just doesn't like shit talkers and then to put him against one of the biggest like prolific fighters in, of the time um, in uh, Nate Diaz one of the Diaz brothers who have been prolific in UFC in the UFC and it was a bass motherfucker match and there's gonna be another one um the ref had to pre-stop it because he was bleeding out of his eye and it was a good fight no matter what and so I we're I think this rivalry is gonna start up even more and I think it's nice to see the Diaz brothers at least one of them fighting again and um bring them back ever since the Connor bouts um, and hopefully McGregor comes back. If he doesn't, I'm not surprised. Um, oh shit, he's he, he's gonna. It's gonna be the UFC is gonna take points out of fucking the WWE when it comes to these guys. They're gonna start. They're gonna have to start throwing money at um, some of these because we do have a lot of people up top as far as prolific characters. It because it's like they have the realism down to a T because it's as it's as primal as it gets as getting in that ring and fighting. And so now. I think people, if they, the fighters, if they want to brand themselves, they gotta, they gotta show their personality, and we're seeing that. So like, Khabib is is gonna is taking that top spot in that in that light middleweight category when it comes to prolific fighters ever since his fight with Conor, and and with Conor taking a step back and his off the off the cage out of the cage antics that are getting him in the news, like they've all made their money. So it's a good time to see UFC because they have so many stars coming up. I mean, Stylebender being the best fighter right now when it comes to technicality just he can do anything all in all um we're gonna see hopefully a big change up in the heavyweight division um when it comes to dc losing and a lot of 
a lot of characters can, a lot of fighters can come up, and I think UFC is getting that renaissance time when it comes to what WWE had, as far as they're gonna have to take some some cues from them. So I think it's very interesting to see that over the weekend. There's a lot of shit that was happening. Um, NBA getting started again, and then Canelo. Every, won. Oh yeah, and Canelo fighting against. He uh, won a Lever Front TKO. I think it was a Russian. Yeah. I just, like. He won his fight. He's the fourth time. Like it was like his fourth championship in a different division for light heavyweight. So Mexican boxing is getting a big, a big uh, shout out too with been, him and Andy uh, Ruiz winning the heavyweight championship. So like it's a, and Mexican Mexican fighters in boxing has always been a traditional, and and has actually been one of our forefronts when it comes to national sports. That represent I mean, like, different countries, such as boxing and soccer, for us are very important when it comes to and Lucha Libre because you got Triple A yeah. and ranking their rounds. That, that, a lot yeah, of wrestlers are, are crossing over, and those then, are things that carry weight. And especially going back to the topic of wrestling, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling did announce that they're, they're launching a, a American branch. And you talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling is one of the oldest promotions. A lot of wrestlers from the U.S. You know they find their success overseas, and I like for the fact that the, in Japan they take some of the cues from Lucha Libre in Mexico, and they take it to a T to the point. It's like um, I would say, um, where to the point if you're in UB going to New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, the veterans are there. They teach you about respect and discipline, and they'll have like the young guys. I've been reading stories about the young guys who are coming there. They make them clean the dojo after training and stuff. They make them clean and everything in the locker room and everything after they're done with events because it's like it's for a way to teach the young, the up and comers, you know, discipline and patience and all that stuff. And the veterans will help them out and everything. And I know Japan is like pro wrestling's been around for so many years. I know guys like Chris Jericho like to go over there and do events there. Kato Mega came from New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, Hulk Hogan back in the day did some stuff in Japan as well. And he did like a lot of cross promotion and. Today with Triple A too is like a lot of wrestlers like to go uh, down to Mexico because they they do credit around like Chris Jericho wrestling you know in Japan he wrestled Mexico he wrestled different countries as well and um, Eddie Guerrero of course um, honestly he's still one of my favorite wrestlers as well you know he was gone too soon I mean he you know he came from a true background his family was in the wrestling business and going to ECW then eventually WCW and then to WWE eventually he became one of the biggest you know. And a lot of people look back, and like I was watching a documentary, and like it was a dirty product on Toad by a girl, and like how he was in the backstage, you know, and how he was battling you know, drug addiction. He got himself clean up after like Vince May let him go in 2000, like a little bit later in 2001, and he went to go get himself clean up and everything. And he and Eddie Guerrero started doing indie shows. And then around 2003, 2002, 2003, like to, they reached out to Eddie to come up and to come back and to see how he is. and you know, they said he was a great guy in the back room, in the back lab guys that were like John Cena, all of them worked with him in the past, and they said he was a regular influence in the backstage, that he was always wanting to be involved, but the comes through the creative process, and like, to be a hero to everybody, you know, it kind of sucks that he was gone too soon, and, but he, I think he left like a lot of influence, like he did influence a lot of future supers, like Sasha Banks, um, she usually credits Eddie Guerrero, mm-hmm. but that's one of her main influences to go into wrestling and stuff. But, yeah, so like I said, it's, like, honestly, UFC. Like, I do follow some UFC. I know people at work do, like, watch UFC. I try to, you know, stay on top of it and stuff. And, and because, um, 
to me that's I, I kind of like that sport more because it's more like I know boxing is usually fixed but depending on the promotions but I kind of like VOC for like it's realism and stuff and it's like but like, like you said Biko it's like you know like they try they, they want to get more and more mainstream like you see try to get more and more customer viewers and stuff yeah they gotta start pushing rivalries more you know they gotta try you know get people more excited for like the fights and stuff like the glitches and stuff well because people will pay if people will pay it's, a, it's yeah. a different it's a difference when you don't have a show every week you have events the, the cards have to be Everybody on the everybody on each fight card should have some sort of notoriety, and each fight should give, no matter the no matter the result, should give some sort of their fighters their due, like giving them because these guys train so damn fucking hard to put themselves in the ring and get the fuck hurt for money. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I I feel like it's a disservice when you watch it and you expect a knockout. Like I I like watching it for the pure primal reason of like two people duking the fucking out and then the sportsmanship that comes right after hopefully given the result of the fight like you see competitors really like it's like you watch an art form take place and the people who respect it um and put their their lives on the line to do it and i think that you only see that camaraderie you don't see that a lot in the four mainstream sports because these people I'm not saying that they don't have passion for it, but they are people who get paid extravagant amounts of money to do this. And then these guys, they fight not only for, like, if the money comes up, but they fight no matter what and keep going. Yeah, because they've got families who want to support. Yeah, like, they're all, they all do it. They all, which still surprises me to this day how you even build, how you're able to dedicate your life to training and being in the gym and, and practicing and then being able to still have a living. I, I don't know how that works. I mean, you have to have a supportive system and not everyone does it. So you have to go through means, but I don't, I don't know all sports people. I don't think it's the same I don't, mm-hmm. across the board because you, even if you're a low level, like drafty or you get in, you're still getting paid a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're going to live extravagantly, but you can still live better than a lot of people who put in 40 hours a week at their job. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying that you don't do that as an athlete. However, you have a whole team around you to do it, and you have a facility to do it, and you have... I think accessibility is everything when it comes to practicing an art or a discipline. It's like when you have the resources there, I think you create a better flow. And I hate to sound like an excuse, but it's just the truth of the matter. The better your resource, the better you're able to implement your discipline, the better you're able to get better at whatever you're trying to get better at or compete in as far as sports goes. So yeah. I think UFC is going is going to transcend that wrestling. When it comes to marketing and promos, they're gonna I think they're gonna you'll you'll see a little a couple of cues from the WWE taken because I'm sure these guys hang around each other. They have to when it comes to Las Vegas and sports betting and shit like that. You don't think people don't bet on, on World Wrestling Federation shit? Like, I'm pretty sure they do. Even if it's a storyline, I'm sure they could still bet their money on shit. Like the Undertaker shit. I'm sure people bet their I money mean, on I mean, plus, too, it's like it's at a point it gets a lot of attention and a lot of like people from boxing and stuff. Like you said, like a recent, like I said earlier in the, in the, in the show, um, you know, we had guys like Cain Velasquez, who was in the UFC for a while, and then he went to AAA wrestling in, in Mexico for a while. He wore a mask and everything, and 
he decided to come to WWE and he signed a three-year deal with them. And right now he has to get knee surgeries. But I think eventually when he comes back, they're gonna to try to push the whole Brock Lesnar came last cast. You know, yeah, they had a little match at you know at Crown Jewel, but I think once uh, Kim Les comes back healthier because he'll they'll probably try. Who knows? Maybe they'll probably set up like a Lesnar and Kim Les match at WrestleMania, which I, I think that's, that'd be a great platform to do it. And we'll probably see more of them going at it. Like that'd be a good rivalry to explore. Um, and of course, like Tyson, like I said, Tyson Fury, which I never heard of, but a lot of people kept mentioning him a lot when it comes to boxing, and he's a tall guy and. Having with Braun Strowman, but he that was kind of cool. Like he went through the performance center in Orlando, did some training, just to learn like like the moves and stuff and how to do it, how to work it. But I could tell he's been watching a lot of wrestling himself, and and a lot of people were they were getting him props for that match. You know, I didn't see the match. Um, I saw clips of it, but I was reading like the reactions and like on Twitter and Reddit about it, and a lot of people were like saying, "Hey, he picked up the craft pretty easily." Um, and then you got like people like Ronda Rousey, who was like really big in the in the women's and the MMA game, and she tried her hand at wrestling. I know she's working on trying to come back again to WWE again. Oh, because she's not going to do anything in the UFC. She got her so, ass beat twice. I mean, it is like WWE does have kind of like an influence, or kind of like you know, it gets the attention of other you know athletes that want to try it out, and people from other promotions that want they want to try the, the their game in it. Um, I mean, there's people that used to work like in the NFL. I know what's his name, Pat McAfee was a punter, was a kicker for NFL. He was on now. He's doing commentary work for um, WWE right now. He's doing like social media commentary work. They'll find our calling. It's like you know, you're a big fan of sport. You, you always find your calling. And I know WWE's been expanding on doing podcasting. I think they signed a deal with Anchor to develop podcasts. And I know they already got one right now. Call after the after the bell with Corey Graves. He's doing a podcast with WWE right now and. Bring a lot of like wrestlers and stuff on 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 the show and stuff, and giving discussions and stuff on that as well. Um, like I said, it's like times are changing. It's like you know wrestling back then. You know the whole thing of kayfabe, and then of course now it's you got the internet. Because like now, like I said, I've been just watching AEW and NXT right now. I'm I'm still full up on Raw and SmackDown, but I'm just reading like reviews and highlights and stuff, things that make a stand out. Because until you know creative gets better, I'm not going to go back to that. So it's like, sit there with like anime and stuff. Like right now, like I said, I spent so many animes I'm watching. I'm so keeping in touch. I'm in, I'm reading manga right now. I just finished like the latest volume of My Hero Academia Volume 21 right now. So I'm so ahead of the anime. I know the anime like they took a week off. They took a week break right now, which I kind of like for the fact they do that, but they do announce ahead of time. Hey, the show's going to take a one-week hiatus for right now. They'll be back the following week. And um, right now I'm bringing the spinoff Vigilantes, My Hero Academia Vigilantes, which talks about the people that couldn't get their hero license or couldn't go to the school for hero training, but they want to help people. And they're known as Vigilantes, so they're not licensed. Um, that's a good spinoff. Um, I'm reading Fire Force, another manga I've been reading as well. I know the anime's been out, but I'm trying to read the manga first and then go back to the anime. So that way, you know, I want to see what's being adapted and what's not being adapted and what's being speed up. I mean, there's some animes. I was listening to this one podcast called Talk to Spirit. Shout out to them. Um, they did a review of certain animes, which they felt they were enjoyable. And I'm starting to watch the recommendations. And there's one of the fun called Astro Lost in Space, where I do want to read that. I want to watch that and... They said there's a lot of good things about that one, and this one called 
Oh, Made in Singer Savage Season, which talks about, you know, these girls are like pretty much um, they're in high school and it's all the topics of sex. So it's like from a female perspective, which to me, that's kind of interesting. Mm. But when it comes to when, when sex is being portrayed on television or media, it's always done, done from a male point of view. But seeing it from like the female point of view and how they deal with topics like that and literature and everything else is real interesting. Mm. I mean, we just got our delivery. Because I just saw Amazon Prime. It's on the Ninja Van right now. So, um, like I said, today was just random Monday. Um, Pi the following week, we'll have something planned for the next episode. Um, anything you want to add before we wrap up, Eco? Um, watch or get ready for Disney Plus to take over your life. Um, <laughs> and please don't spend your time only going back to visit the old ass movies you saw when you were seven or eight. It's watch cool, the, like, whatever, but it's only going to stimulate you for about ten minutes, and you're going to realize, like, yeah, this is definitely for kids. So watch watch and then check out the new shit like The Mandalorian. Uh, revisit a couple of cartoons. Um, sure, go ahead with that. Yeah, they got documentaries for National yeah. Geographic on there. Disney's else. gonna fucking spoil us before they upgrade the price once you guys buy in. So just go in, enjoy it, enjoy all the Star Wars. Watch the Clone Wars if you can. That's a fucking excellent show. Um, check out some new stuff. Watch a couple movies. Let us know if you need anything. As far as what unique things we can talk about, uh, because we're going to try to roll as much content. Yeah, uh, if you want people to, uh, what, what what channel are you using on social media if you want them to reach out to you? And, oh, not right now. You're still working on that? Yeah, I'm still doing that. I'm still working on the podcast things. Uh, but, like, it's but, if you got any topics you want them to tell us, um, they find a way to reach you just in case. Or if we got friends as well, we can always ask friends. But, like, you guys are listeners. We I know you guys are listening, and we do appreciate you guys listening to the show and stuff. Like, if you got anything that you want us to talk about, like I said, um, my Twitter handle is TheFranchise85, at TheFranchise85 on Twitter. It's all one word. Um, you follow me on there. You can tweet, you know, questions, or you see something that you feel that you want our opinions on. Tweet me at that at, at the handle and use the hashtag, hashtag um, TalkPop. Um, I do, we do have a Facebook page. Um, it's facebook.com slash the franchise network. And pretty much um, we, I mostly post stuff to the podcast on there. And certain things that if I do see that the share, I do share stuff. But mostly it's all pretty much promoting the podcast as well. Um, we do have a store on Teespring. If you go to teespring.com slash talkandpop, um, we do have t-shirts, hoodies, um, stickers for your, like your locker, your laptop, or your tablet. Um, we also have hoodies because it's getting cold now. So we do have hoodies. We've got tank tops when it gets warmer or for working out. Um, we got shirts for kids. we got women, men. Um, we also got um, phone cases. Uh, we got phone cases with the logo on there, with the Popstronaut logo on there. We are working. I am trying to make time to make a new design for the shirts um i got these create drawing programs illustrating programs on my tablet i'm gonna try my best to uh, come up with a new design um but right now you can get that merchandise with the basic design right now um, we do have coffee mugs if you're a big coffee drinker like nico but um yeah like i said like i said you can hit us up on our social media and pretty much like if you have something that you do want to share and you want to hear our opinions on it like i said um we, like I said, today was more like a random, uh, random Monday, and we just came up with topics. We just blew up our tablets and see what's up. 
and things that we saw over the weekend that we wanted to bring to attention, bring to light. Um, like I said, we've been going on. This is what uh, I forgot what episode number we're on right now, but we're gonna try and make our way to fifty, guys. <laughs> try. Well, we will. We will eventually. We'll we'll see how long we can go. And like, I do enjoy doing this for for like a year now, a year and a half now. It's like we've been doing it for a while. So, so like I said, um, listen to the show right now. We're on. I think our sponsor Anchor right now, who sponsors our sponsor of podcasts. Um, you can catch our podcast pretty much on every streaming platform mm-hmm. you can find. Um, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Overcast, Pocket Cast. Um, you can find us on like basically wherever you find your podcast. We're on there. So, for, listen to our episodes. You know, support the show. Um, I think that's all I got for you guys. Um, as always, I'm the franchise. Hey, I'm Biko. Watch something new, guys. Geek on and take care. Stay warm.